0: Company presents Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight, brought to you three times each week by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Jobbers and eaters Watch for the big red, white, and blue Skelly sign when you're off driving, the sign with the big letter S that stands for Skelly Service. But, say, I got a swell letter today from a wide-awake young flight patrol member. And I want you to hear it. Listen.
1: Dear Don Gordon, I just want to tell you how much fun I've had being a member of the 1940 flight patrol. I carry my membership card and my spinning medal of membership with me all the time. And I can make my medal spin for over three minutes, steady, without stopping. I like the flight patrol reporter, too. The best of all, I think, is that swell new picture of Captain Midnight and Chuck and Patsy. I was one of the first kids around here to get one, and boy, they all wanted to know where I got it. I put it on the wall of my bedroom, and I covered it with a big piece of cellophane that came on a box of cookies, and it really looks pretty swell, I think. But say, I've got my dad using Skelly gasoline and tagline oil now, and he says he's glad I told him to stop at the Skelly service station, because the Skelly man gives such good service, and he likes the Skelly products a lot. So goodbye, and thanks a lot for the swell program a regular member of the 1940 flight patrol, Eddie Tolufson.
0: Well, thank you, Eddie, for that fine letter. I'll bet there are lots of other dads that'd be just as happy as your dad if they once found out about Skelly Taylor-made gasoline and motor oil and good old Skelly service with a smile. But say, hey, fellows and girls, did you hear what Eddie Tolufson said about the new autographed picture of Captain Midnight and his friends Chuck and Patsy? Well, have you got yours yet? It's absolutely free, you know. And boy, will you be proud to have your very own picture of Captain Midnight and his two daring young friends. They're all dressed up in their flying suits and helmets, too, ready to take off in Captain Midnight's speedy monoplane. Now remember, this is all you do to get this swell big picture. Just stop by your Skelly service station the next time you're out driving with mother or dad. Show your Skelly man your flight patrol membership card, and you get your free picture right that very minute. And you don't even need as much as a penny for a stamp. It's absolutely free. So remember, don't miss getting your copy of this grand picture. The time's getting short, so you better stop over at your Skelly service station with mother or dad tonight. And now to Captain Midnight. The famous pilot is faced with a seemingly insurmountable problem. The forest clearing where Captain Midnight landed is too small for a plane to safely take off from. And Bud Conley is dangerously ill of tropical fever. It is now early in the afternoon, and Chuck and Patsy are on the edge of the clearing, anxiously looking for signs of a change in the wind, which might facilitate a takeoff. Suddenly, Patsy and Chuck see smoke floating up over the top of a nearby ridge. Excitedly, the two start running forward. Listen as Patsy explains.
2: It is smoke, Chuck. It can't be anything else.
0: You know what that means, Patsy? Patsy.
3: Smoke just doesn't happen if it's on accord.
2: Gosh, maybe we should have called Captain Midnight.
3: Well, we can find out about this ourselves. That column of smoke seems to be right on the other side of the ridge. It can't be very far.
2: I can't understand it, Chuck. Major Steele said there wasn't anyone around here. Yes, no, Patsy. Fires
3: don't start by themselves. There must be somebody near us.
2: Gee, these rocks are sure high. they run over. Uh,
3: we're going to have to take it easy. We'll have to climb over these bigger rocks.
2: Well, I'm over this one.
3: Well, I'll be up with you in a second.
2: The others aren't so bad, Chuck. Come on. Hurry up. Okay. I'm right with you. Oh, gee. That smoke's getting closer all the time. It can't be a forest fire, Chuck. Look. It's only a small fire because there isn't very much smoke. Just a little bit more. We'll be at the top of the ridge. Uh,
3: gee. The
2: others will sure be surprised when they hear about this. Well, Major Steele will certainly be surprised. I don't see how he could have missed finding anyone. At least, anyone as close as this fire is to where he wrecked his plane. Oh, well,
3: it, it sure got me. I just can't understand it. Fires certainly don't start by themselves.
2: Now, we're up at the top. Where in the world? Hey, look,
3: that's where it's coming from. Down in that ravine.
2: Sure. Now
3: I see. Hold on a minute, Patsy. We'd better take it easy. We don't know what we're getting into. Well,
2: maybe we'd better not go ahead. Maybe we'd better get back. Oh, here's
3: a big rock right ahead. Let's get behind it and sort of look things over.
2: Okay. I'm right with you.
3: There. Now we're in a position to see without being seen.
2: Yes. We can look over the top of this rock and see everything below.
3: Come on, now. Let's take a peek, but be careful about it.
2: Okay. Let's slide up a little higher.
3: Blazing beacons, Patsy. Look down there.
2: Look Luke, am uh, Why, there's a tent.
3: Yes, it's a camp. I don't see a soul around.
2: There must have been somebody here recently because there's fresh wood on the fire. Oh, do
3: you see? Back of the tent, in those trees, it looks like a mule. Now I see. It's a burrow, Chuck. That's what it is. Jiminy Crickets. You know, that looks like a prospecting camp. I've seen dozens of them in the mountains near Black Gulch. Do you suppose they're Americans? Uh, You've got me there. The equipment would be the same, either there or here.
2: Look, Chuck thought I saw the wall of that tent move. Oh, there. There's a man coming out. He's looking at the fire. Now he's looking around. I wish I could see his face better. He's turning this
3: way. Now we can see his face.
2: He looks like an American, Chuck. I'll bet anything in the world he's an American prospector. I'll bet you're right. Lots of them down in Mexico. What in the world will we do?
3: I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to call out to him. And if we find out that he isn't friendly, we can always run back to our camp where we have him outnumbered and capture him.
2: Well, I don't think there can be very many, because that's just a small camp.
3: Okay, here goes.
2: Hello there! Hello! Gosh, Chuck, look at him jump. I think he was scared to death.
3: Well, I don't blame him much. He can't see us behind this rock. Well, look, he's glancing all around.
2: We'd better stand out from behind this rock.
3: Yes, that's the thing to do. Then I'll call out to him again.
2: There, call out again. okay. Hello there. Hello. He sees it. Gee, he looks
3: as though he was seeing a ghost. Gosh, he's a lot more scared than we are. Hey there.
4: In the name of creation, who be? you?
3: We're friends. We're Americans. He's an American, Chuck. Listen to that. We're Americans, I tell you. We're friends. Jeff from Gooseberry. I'll be damned if you don't talk
4: like Americans. If you're friends, come on down here.
3: What do you think, Chuck? I think it's all right. I'll go ahead and you stay behind me. Come on.
4: Sure darn nation. I thought you was a couple of ghosts. But if you're amigos, as they say down here in Mexico, come on down. Okay, we're coming. <laughs> well, I'll be darned if it ain't a boy and a girl. Now, what are you two doing down here in this wild country? Don't tell me you're waiting for friends.
3: Well, in a way we were. Oh, but we might as well introduce ourselves. I'm Chuck Ramsey, and this is Patsy Donovan. Well, I'm sure glad to be a-meeting you. That old
4: American lingo sure sounds good. Uh, My name's Ben Gillis. I'm down here doing a bit of prospecting. Are you all alone, Mr. Gillis? Well, I am right now. There was a couple other fellas with me, but they've gone back to get a new supply of grub.
2: Gee, Mr. Gillis, how long have you been here?
4: We just got here a little while ago. I found this good place to camp, and my partner's turned back to get us a new supply, like I was telling you. Mm, Didn't you and your friend see an airplane in the sky this morning? An airplane? Mm -hmm. Well, by jumbo, I guess old Tom must have been right at that.
2: Gosh, Mr. Gillis, what do you mean?
4: Well, it was like this. Uh, When we was back about two miles to the north, old Tom said he could hear an airplane in the sky. But me and Chubby, uh, that t'other fella, uh, we laughed at him. We said, what in the dickens would anybody be flying an airplane around here for? Of course, we was down the holler and couldn't see very good.
2: Well, your friend Tom was right, Mr. Gillis, because we landed in an airplane about three hours ago. The ship is in a small field just the other side of this ridge.
4: Well, what in tarnation do you know about that? You must be expecting to stay here for a long time, Mr. Gillis. Well, we sort of figured on it, yes. We run across some pretty nice lookers. Yeah, but then why am I a blabbing to you? You, you ain't alone, are you? No, we are there are three men and Patsy's mother. But one of the men is awfully sick. Uh, you ain't prospectors, then? No, of course we aren't.
2: Tell me, Mr. Gillis, how far is it to the nearest town?
4: Oh, it ain't so far, but this country is mighty rough. I reckon take you maybe six or seven days. Then you'd be plumb wore out time you got there. Is that where your partners are going? Yes, but I don't look for them back for a couple of weeks.
2: Gee, Chuck, that doesn't sound very good, does it?
4: Seems like you said something about a sick
3: fella. You ain't in trouble, are you? Well, yes, Mr. Gillis, we are. A couple of friends of ours were flying over this country and their engine overheated, forcing them down. They didn't get hurt, but one of them's awfully sick with some kind of a tropical fever. Hmm,
4: fever, huh? That don't sound so good to me. You say you landed in an airplane? Then why don't you put him in it and fly him to a hospital? They tell me them airplane things cover a lot of ground in a short
3: time. You bet they can. But here's the trouble. We landed in such a small field that we can't get out again unless the wind changes. And even then, we'll be, have to be awful good to make it.
4: Unless the wind changes? Well, what in tarnation do you know about that?
2: You see, Mr. Gillis, an airplane has to take off against the wind, especially when it's in a small field.
3: You see, that's the only way you can get enough lift under the wings to get out.
4: You well, know, sir, a fellow sure can learn something new every day.
3: So you see, Mr. Gillis, we're in a pretty bad fix. Even if the wind isn't just right, we could take off on the plane. Well, at least I could. If it wasn't for some trees in the way.
4: Yeah, I guess I sure don't understand this flying business very good, but then everybody to his own trade. You see, if it weren't for some trees, you could get into the air,
2: huh? Well, that's the size of it, Mr. Gillis.
3: How many trees are there? Well, if we could just get three of them out of the way, there'd be enough clearance for the ship to get through. How about chopping them down? Oh, gosh, Mr. Gillis, they're great big ones. It would take too long.
4: Yeah, I guess it would, all right. Well, I guess you're just going to have to wait for that there wind to change. But gee, Mr.
3: Gillis, we've just got to find some way to get this sick man, Mr. Conley, out of here soon. If we don't, I'm very much
4: afraid... Yeah, hey, lad, I know what you're going to say. This here friend of yours is going to kick the bucket. Oh, he's liable to. His fever's awful bad.
2: Isn't there something we can do? There's just got to be some way of getting him out of here.
4: I sure wish I could think of something,
3: Miss Donovan, but... Darned if I know what tis. Well, Listen, Mr. Gillis. I've got a plan. Shoot, lad, what is it? You're a miner, Mr. Gillis. Have you got a lot of supplies with you?
4: Well, sure, we're pretty well
3: equipped, if I do say so myself. There's just one thing, and if you've got it, it might help us. Okay, my boy, what is it? You don't happen to have... You don't happen to have any dynamite with you, do you? Dynamite?
4: Well, lad, I reckon i got
3: a little. But what in the world
4: do you want with dynamite?
0: Yeah. What in the world can Chuck Ramsey have in mind? What could he use dynamite for that would help them get Bud Conley to a hospital right away? Yes, Chuck has a plan, and it might possibly work. But first, does the prospector, Ben Gillis, have any dynamite with him? Be sure to listen to Captain Midnight. Say, uh, what's the next best thing to having a friend of yours right with you? Why, it's having a picture of them, isn't that right? Well, I wish you could all see and know Captain Midnight and his grand young friends Chuck Ramsey and Patsy Donovan. But if you can't have them with you, you can at least have their pictures. So look, the next time you're out with mother or dad in the family car, be sure you ask them to stop by your Skelly service station. Have your flight patrol membership card all ready to show to your Skelly man the minute he steps up to the car then he'll be all set to give you your very own free picture of Captain Midnight and Chuck and Patsy that he's been saving just for you. Because there's one for every single member of the 1940 Flight Patrol. Remember, it isn't going to cost you a single penny. It's absolutely free. Say, why don't you get that big free picture from your Skelly man tonight? And don't forget to listen Friday, same time, same station... For further transcribed adventures of Captain Midnight, brought to you by the Skelly Oil Company, Skelly Joppers and Dealers. What is Chuck's plan, which he hopes will soon get Bud Conley to a hospital? And what has dynamite got to do with it? And what about Captain Midnight? Be sure to listen Friday. Until then, this is Don Gordon, your Skelly Man, saying goodbye and happy
4: landing.